If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America variety channel. Today we're having a discussion on social media, mobilizing for the greater good with J.D. Gershbein. Connect with us uh, on uh, BraveheartsForKids.org and... Um, you know, when you check that out, check out the new Donate Now button on uh, BraveheartsForKids.org, and it's on our website, too. Uh, we can talk about social media, uh, mobilizing for the greater good. Uh, you know, that's kind of a long title already, and I was thinking building equity into relationships through storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.D., uh, you know, the, the, uh, other than my beloved Sherry, you are the uh, the first returning guest on Bravehearts Radio, and I'm I'm welcome welcome you back. You're you're a delight to talk to every time we get together on the phone, and setting things up and and preparing for this. And welcome back, and and thanks so much for being here. Well, my pleasure, Brian, and it's uh, it's an honor to to be uh, featured in a part two. I mean, it, it begs the question: Are we doing part two because we want to do a redo of part one? Or are we going to expand on it because we just had so much compelling content that our that your listeners just need to hear it? Well, I was, you know, I actually when I went back and I listened <laughs> to part one, and I thought, uh, doggone it, we could have you could have your very own show based on just what we talked about in part one. Because if you wanted to go the, the history of social media and go back to the cave drawings in France, man, that's a big timeline to cover. So <laughs> it is. It is now. What we one of the things that we did talk about. What you know, we we in the, the first time we got together and talked, we talked about. We called it the uh, uh, the evolution of social media, and I, I just alluded to um, uh, prehistoric cave drawings and being part of the social mm-hmm. media, part of part of our our our, our social. Our, our socializing way of communicating with one another, and that's that's something that's uh, down the line. Uh, that that's it's time about the idea that that our discussion is really timeless too. Um, I the the reason that uh, that you and I connected to begin with was on LinkedIn. You had uh, you had responded to my my invitation to connect. With uh, with a reply that included, let's have a phone conversation. We we have so many connections now, and the depth of those connections is questionable. So, getting to know who who the who that person is on the other side of that, um, uh, you know, on the other side of that computer screen, is something that mm-hmm. is is I, I believe that's going to be timeless. Yeah, and we look where we are in the chronology, too, Brian, because we are now uh, entering two full decades, as we tape this today, of of what we would call social media awareness or social media use. When the social media revolution hit, digital habits were already pretty well established. 
Uh, we were uh, fine-tuning to the the process of email. Uh, the the telephones were getting much smarter and better. Uh, and we were kind of ushered into this new wave of communication where, especially for business purposes, professionals had a clearer route, a better route to get to people, things that couldn't really be established back, say, in the post-World War II era. So we really, uh, I mean, and that's the basis of the of the emerging and the disruptive technologies. That's what they've done. They've made communication easier. They've facilitated it. Now it's up to us to kind of do the the fine tuning, and and that is how we assemble our professional networks. And we'll isolate the the the, the business conversation here. So mm-hmm. the way that professionals have connected today, uh, obviously LinkedIn has had a huge piece in that. It's a social media platform that is dedicated to the pursuit of commerce and bringing people together to ideally have these types of meaningful conversations online, pull them out, what I call breaking the plane between the virtual and the real world and establishing a dialogue offline. And that's really all I've ever done since I looked at this for the very first time. I figured uh, LinkedIn and any social media platform is just the conduit. Uh, What we see online has to kind of match our perception in the real world. And that's how we kind of uh, build equity into the relationships. We make a decision to move forward with someone or some company, and we work on that. We work on the research there. We get to know who these people are. We get to know what they stand for, what uh, what core values they're fronting, their guiding principles, etc. And uh, and that now is emerging uh, through this storytelling approach. And, and, and you build your story through the connections that you take on. Yeah, and breaking the plane and building equity, it sounds like those are kind of the same thing because if you're if you're you're breaking the plane, you're finding, as I often say, the more you talk to people, the smaller the world gets. You know, you're you're getting out there, you're you're breaking the plane with someone from another country, another culture, another part of the, the, the another part of our country, and just maybe another part of our city that you just wouldn't otherwise have have made a connection with. Now you've now you have the opportunity to make the connection. You can get on the the uh, get on the phone and talk with them. You can get together with them uh, yeah. from just about anywhere in the world. I've been advancing the um, the breaking the plane metaphor for quite some time, and it, it really is a, a seamless interface between the two realities. So, in in LinkedIn's case, professionals are doing what? They're developing business. They're advancing their careers. They're forming strategic partnerships. They're uh, locating resources. They're feeling part of a community, etc. And when that moves from the online realm, what we would call the virtual world, where mm-hmm. where people are just kind of in the ether somewhere, you know, I mean, we, we haven't met them, we, we don't really uh, know who they are when we are face-to-face with them or, or shake their hand, we get on the phone with them, we start to create this tangible component, and if it could not have been accomplished without use of LinkedIn, I call that breaking the plane. LinkedIn has mm-hmm. served as the seamless interface between the two realities. And the um, the, the idea of uh, uh, the, the storytelling, you know, that when, when somebody will, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll come home and say, yeah, I met, uh, I met with JD. And uh, Sherry might say something like, well, what's his story? And, and it's like, that's, that's, 
the the story. What's your story? That's what. That's who we are. That's what we're about. And the story that we yeah, tell. Yeah, it's no longer a dating line in a bar, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's your yeah? What's your story? What's your sign? You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, it's moved from being a pickup line to a, a a real honest and earnest question. What is your story? And you've led us perfectly into this area of conversation because now, and by now I mean in in the present moment, we are urged to be storytellers. And there's a lot of pressure on people to tell a compelling story, and not everybody's cut out to do it. And it has become an area of professional development and continuous improvement, and companies are really doing their best to figure it out. They're having meetings. They're bringing in external consultants to get that perspective because they're too close to their story. So it's it's really become the search, the quest for narrative. You know, it, it's interesting you bring up the word narrative, and I, I do quite a bit of work with nonprofit organizations. And uh, about a year ago, I went to uh, a seminar on the uh, organization, a C- group of CPAs put on a, a seminar for people that worked for nonprofit organizations. They were talking about the idea of the narrative in the business plan. And they were, they, they were, were making this point and making it emphatically that the narrative is more important than the numbers in a business plan, you know, certainly the numbers are important when you're putting together uh, uh, profit and loss, or in the case of a nonprofit organization, mar- margin plans. But uh, they, they said the narrative is more important. And then the very next day, I, I went to a, a seminar where there was a speaker, and he's, he's, uh, he he'd, uh, mentioned that they, uh, uh, 63% of people will remember a story, and only 5% will remember statistics. And so I, I realized I must be in the 5% because I remembered both numbers. But the, the point of that is that many, many, many times more people remember the story. They remember the narrative. And that's, that's mm-hmm. important. And so, you know, that's, you know, you know you're looking at the, um, uh, the, the resumes that people put together now. Sometimes they're just a video. Correct. Instead of, you know, I graduated from such and such at such and such a time. That sounds a lot like the way we grew up learning history. Such and such a number, this, you know, uh, president from, mm-hmm. you know, from this year to that year, things like that. What's the story? Who was that? You know, that, I think that, that makes it so much more interesting, doesn't it? I, I agree. And I think companies are now realizing and businesses. Uh, individuals are realizing that they have to draw the line between the intellectual and the emotional components of their business. And there are things that must appeal to the practical and the logical side. And Mm -hmm. then there are things that must appeal to the emotional and whimsical and right brain creative side. Uh, You've got this true brain split going on. So the the left side of the brain, which is tied to the numbers, the analytics, the metrics, uh, the quantitative data, uh, yeah. That exists. And then for, for many people who are making a buying decision, uh, it's the sole criteria. But for, uh, for other products and services, uh, consumer goods that are now basing their, uh, their service on emotional decisions, uh, the story becomes the essence of the, of the company. If you look at the way that the Super Bowl 
uh, advertising has evolved over the last mm-hmm. say, 10 to 15 years. You could watch some of these commercials. You don't even know what the heck the product is. Yeah, but they're that's... surrounding it. You're surrounding it with all this emotion and this feeling, and uh, the company's trying to put themselves out there in a in a in, in a very humanized way, in a very vulnerable way, with this montage editing and and soft violin strings in the background to really uh, strike a mood with the viewer, and 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 that's how they've kind of chosen to go. It's storytelling, and you see a lot of storytelling coming through in these ads now. And I I think there's something to be said for the fact that we do buy stories. We don't just buy products or services. We have to make Uh, both an emotional and an intellectual connection to the product or service. Yeah, and the the idea that um, that the... uh I'm sorry. I, I I think you 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 uh, came you 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 dropped off of my headset there for a little bit, JD. I'm sorry if I was talking while you were too. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah, we we don't want this to devolve into uh, something that seems like a uh, a political pundit show where where we've got five people talking at the same time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, one of the one of the ads that I remember, and you know, you mentioned about you, this, the uh, like the Super Bowl and advertising in general. And it's like, wow, that was really a good ad. Who was it for? Um, that 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 can be uh, that's a challenge because that's an emotional thing. I remember that this, uh, learning that the idea that we we buy based on emotion, but then we uh, justify the decision based on logic. And yeah, maybe, and, maybe we can and, we can and get it's into that a little reversing bit. at this point. Can, yeah, let's, I mean, let's, I, let's, I just think. Let's get into that on the other side of the, the break. We're uh, we're going to break again. I'm having a little trouble with my my hearing here, so. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that on the other side of uh, on the other side of the break. Stick with us. We'll be back uh, with uh, J.D. Gershbein. And the evolution of social media, we're having discussion on mobilizing for the greater good and building equity into relationships by storytelling. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're part of Brave Hearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're having a discussion on social media, mobilizing for the greater good, building equity into relationships through storytelling. Our guest is uh, J.D. Gershbein, and uh, I always have fun talking with J.D. about social social media and business. Uh, welcome back, J.D. Thanks for being Great to be back here. You know, I have fun with you, too. It's not just a one-way road. I'm, it's fun. It's fun to talk social media with people who, who kind of understand it, appreciate it, get it, uh, and want to learn more about it. I mean, no, nobody's an expert on this stuff. That was a, the the idea of uh, nobody being an expert on this is something that um, we we did talk about the first time we got together. And there was a fellow that when I had talked to him several years ago about uh, being a, uh, uh, I, I uh, said, uh, I was referred to you because you're an expert in social media. And he said, well, nobody's an expert in that. It changes too fast. And I thought that that has some credibility to it. Now, uh, when you when you're telling a story, credibility is a really important part of of the story. And uh, in creating relationships, credibility is a, a ter- terrific uh, part of it's a, a very important part of of relationships. It being you know who you are, wouldn't you would you agree with that, JD? Most definitely. And and how do we achieve or cultivate credibility? Is it uh, is it through our words? Is it uh, through what we say uh, in our live interactions? Is it through the words of others? Is it through our content? I would say it's yes to all of the above because uh, we all want to be viewed as credible. Uh, we all want social proof. We all uh, we will edit many things about ourselves during the course of our lives, but we will never want to dismiss or take away or change the good words that people have said about us. So I think that credibility and testimonial um, and recommendations, uh, they go a long way to perpetuating our story and giving us the ability to tell that story to more people. And when people are receptive, when they know coming in that you're a credible source, they're more prone to listen. They're preconditioned to listen and ideally uh, have a good experience with you. Do you find that when uh, people that you uh, that you agree with, uh, when when you hear when you hear them speaking about something, when you say, "Oh, you know what? That I've I've known that. I believe that." That that gives them some credibility, some credence uh, automatically, doesn't it? I would say so. I think like-mindedness is still something that we all pursue as human beings. We like to be in the presence of like-minded people. It, uh, uh, it borders on cliche to a certain point, Brian, but uh, if people are like us, then yes, we, we do like them, or we, we feel we like them, or we're more relatable to them in some way, or they speak our language, and they can understand what we're saying a little bit better. Uh, but then I know 
many people with whom I have a different point of view or a different uh, stance on something, and we have just as compelling conversations as well. So in your field, when you talk about being credible and being an authority figure, being a thought leader, uh, titles like that, those are never to be declared out of the first person. These are given to you. You are acknowledged as such. And when you gain that recognition and gain that wide acknowledgement, um, it, it does boost your credibility. And we're all looking for those boosts. We all want to be uh, regarded by others as uh, unique figures in our our niche, um, experts in our field, so to speak. And I'll use that term loosely, uh, Mm -hmm. but also uh, people who have uh, a perspective that moves others to new thinking and guides them um, and helps them find their position in the world. And that's, True leadership, that's leadership in general, principled leadership, servant leadership, mm-hmm. uh, leadership by example. That's, that's all uh, a piece of our credibility. When, when you, when you, uh, you know, mentioned uh, that you have uh, connections with people that you agree with, and of course, you know, we, we do like to find people that we agree with. And it's also, I think, a, a great part of life and conversation is to be able to disagree with someone. And it, in my experience, uh, maybe you feel the same way about this, the, 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 what makes those disagreements, the, the people that we do disagree with about things, is there's this general sense mm-hmm. of respect that I'm, I may not agree with you on that point, but I still respect you. I love you as a person, that kind of thing. What do you think about that? Agreed. And to a certain point, we see that playing out uh, to some extent on social media threads. So few people oh, yeah. are going to be comfortable enough on social media to express a contrarian viewpoint. Hmm. Uh, we, we, I've seen it a number of times. I've seen a few, uh, I've seen a few conflicts that have really escalated over the course of several days on, on a simple social media post and hmm. it can get ugly and you see people in disagreement with each other, but, but also now starting to, uh, lift themselves off and get this uh, more powerful form of keyboard courage where they can hurl some insults or, or diminish the, the opinions of others. Uh, again, let's not forget or lose sight of the fact that freedom of expression is, is still an unalienable right. And mm-hmm. uh, on social media, we can pretty much say anything we want as long as we don't antagonize or defame uh, or provoke. And uh, you have to retain a certain political correctness, but mm-hmm. it's okay to disagree. That's what makes us unique and, and human. Um, but again, when you're talking about the greater good and, and buoying spirits and, and being the rising tide that lifts all boats, mm-hmm. You have to be supportive of your fellow man and woman on these platforms because people just like you are trying to get their ideas across. They're trying to boost their credibility. They're trying to make their connections work for them. And uh, and so it goes. 
And what what I've seen, you know, when you when you talk about the uh, the idea of uh, ideas that are contrary and people really getting in getting down and and uh, disagreement, I I tend to see that more in in the Facebook realm rather than the LinkedIn. LinkedIn tends to be more uh, positive uh, from the standpoint of uh, I agree with this. This is something I've noticed in business, and and people want to pass that along and be noticed for their uh, acumen in recognizing a good point, and maybe passing that along. Most of what I I've ever done with LinkedIn is just passing along other good ideas that I that I think are good ideas. Say, hey, you know, people that I know, uh, my connections. Here's an idea that that you may want to take a look at. You may want to, you know, see how this works for you. Um, I suppose each different platform has has its own maybe social rules, doesn't it? Absolutely, and I think that you're going to see more and more people protecting their fragile reptilian brains on LinkedIn because they don't want to say anything that's controversial or that will ruffle feathers. Uh, They have to walk the fine line. LinkedIn retains a sense of decorum, and you cannot be flippant in front of your fellow professionals. You can't say anything that will offend uh, other people. It's just not done. I've Mm -hmm. seen it happen. It's uncomfortable to everyone involved in a thread when that stuff goes on. And it's, uh, you and I may not participate in in it, but some people, whether they're, I mean, you don't know what's on the other end of the computer, right? I mean, they could be uh, uh, halfway through a magnum of red wine and just, they read something that just hits them the wrong way and they feel they've got to weigh in in a negative way. And uh, you can't recant it. It's, yeah, it's too many people see it. I mean, I, you can you can edit and delete, but you got to be quick about it. But you know what? Once it's out there and once people play on it, it's it's tough to get it back. And and I've seen people literally get their lunch handed to them on posts on on LinkedIn. Um, it's just we have to measure our thoughts very carefully if we're going to be uh, credible, uh, if we're going to be likable, uh, and if if people will follow us now. People will follow you if you're contrarian, that's for darn sure, but at the same time, uh, you just have to be respectful in the way you communicate on the platform and with others. I was thinking about a, uh, a time in the uh, in the evolution of social media when we when we wrote letters and uh, and and wrote uh, you know just communicated by sending uh, correspondence by mail and and you know mm-hmm. there were there there before in before there was any kind of internet and I remember a, a, an idea that uh, I don't know where that came from but it was an idea that uh, write down what you want to say uh, and then you have a chance to decide the next day whether you want to actually or put it in the fire uh you know that's something that once you once you've set it on uh, on social media it's out there well if you don't pull it back you can delete it but again if uh, if enough people see it or, or you know ideally it uh it won't come back to haunt you but we have to measure our thoughts and and really rein in certain behaviors on these sites, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Especially if we want to sell, not tell, but sell our stories. Yeah. Because, again, we're trying to make an intellectual and an emotional connection, in fact, a visceral connection to a buyer. And our buyers have to see that we are good people, responsible people, um, progressive thinkers, uh, givers, 
And when you uh, when you're not, or when you fail to, to to appeal to the sensibilities of others, you're not going to get the order. <laughs> That's for damn sure. You're not going to get the order. And and again, I, I you don't see too much evidence of people imploding their careers on LinkedIn mm-hmm. because it is such a a yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am platform. People would rather take the the comfort route and just say great post Brian instead of arguing with you. So uh, again, uh, it's just the way the the LinkedIn medium is set up. Um, it's a happy place when people agree with you. Mm-hmm. And it's a supportive place, and people are seeking support and validation and camaraderie, and they want to feel like they're on the right track in front of the professional community. And I think they they want to have uh, they want to have a, they, they like the idea of a platform to tell their story. You know, so uh, that mm-hmm. uh, you you have a you have a story. You know, maybe you have a story. Um, I, I remember th- the first time I I, I went to see a, a, a presentation about social media, and essentially it was uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter were were uh, were the were the dominant ones at that time. This is probably about a general, almost well, maybe not twenty years ago, but uh, a good while ago. And uh, the the, the uh, presenter said, uh, you know, uh, Facebook is like. Uh, uh, it's like a backyard barbecue, you know. All your friends are there, people that you don't know. That you know, you just might run into people like that. Um, LinkedIn is like a conversation at the office around the water cooler, and uh, mm-hmm. Twitter is uh, Twitter is like um, uh, a conversation at the club. You know, it's just uh, right. you're, you're maybe just almost like shouting above the music kind of thing. Uh, so much of so much of what is out there is noise. How do we differentiate our story? Maybe we'll get into that. Well, we... that's a great question. Uh, how do we? I, I I wish I knew the answer. Do you know the answer? Can you I, tell I, me? I, I, you know that. <laughs> I tell you what. That's that sounds like that would be a, a something to put on our uh, on our retreat agenda. And uh, you you and I have talked about doing a retreat and uh, what I what I think of as a, a thought leader summit. And and uh, if I'm going to be hosting that, I suppose I can uh, I can assign. Uh, the, the title thought leader to uh, to whomever I I see as as being a thought leader in in the various areas and the, you know to have a summit of those great thought leaders and and um, you know I, uh, Sherry told me recently I I can't have any more uh, friends that have written books because I got a stack of thirteen books written by people that I know so there's a lot of thought leaders I think everybody's got a book in them. You know, but um, I, I did want to get in a little bit about the uh, the schedule for uh, retreats and summits that we have coming up. Uh, we've got plans for something in Kauai next year, 2021. Uh, we did put a date on uh, when this show is, but uh, uh, we... Um, uh, we've got the plans for Kauai for next year. We're, we are planning also to get to Ireland because uh, Ireland is uh, interesting to me, the uh, number two country beyond, behind the United States for listeners to Bravehearts Radio. So that I think there's got to be a, an opportunity for a Thought Leader Summit in Ireland. And then we've got 
Uh, of course, uh, getting up to North Dakota, where uh, where I have my roots and and uh, so many great thought leaders come from, uh, we're going to be doing some of that uh, this year yet, even, and then uh, possibly Philadelphia, uh, New York, Boston, and of course Chicago, uh, Chicago land with mm-hmm. uh, some some terrific uh, thought leaders and and summits coming up. Um, you know, you and I have uh, talked a little bit about that, and we'll we'll move ahead with that in the uh, in the uh, in the upcoming months. But uh, we're going to go to a break uh, just now, and uh, we'll be back uh, on the other side of the break with uh, J.D. Gershbein, social media mobilizing for the greater good and building equity in relationships through storytelling. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side of sixty seconds. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reingold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're having a discussion with J.D. Gershbein about social media, mobilizing for the greater good. Connect with us uh, through our sponsor website, braveheartsforkids.org. You can also find the new donate button for Bravehearts for Kids on uh, uh, on my uh, banner on the Voice America channel and on uh, BraveHeartsForKids.org. Check out Braveheart's uh, flagship service, too. That's SpotlightHope.org, bringing hope to families of children that have cancer uh, through matching them with services that can be of help in the time of their ordeal. Uh, also, I uh, always encourage you during uh, segment three to check out NationalDayCalendar.com. And, of course, coming right up is the National Day, uh, National Braveheart. Day. Uh, April 28th every year is National Bravehearts Day. And uh, at, a, at, at, a, at a retreat, at a um, 
Well, I guess you could call it a thought leader summit a couple of years ago in Mandan, North Dakota. We had the board of directors of the Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity there. And I did a, a retreat called the Idea Hierarchy, where we, we came up with uh, three brainstorming sessions and seven people that yielded 900 ideas in the morning and boiled it all down to three ideas by the end of the retreat that we decided to move forward with. One was the Spotlight Hope app. And uh, the second one was to capitalize on the National Bravehearts Day that the National Day calendar folks had uh, had done such a, 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 a wonderful service to Bravehearts for Kids by uh, making National Bravehearts Day April 28th. And the third was uh, it's National Bravehearts Day. It's, uh, so we decided to expand the concept of a Braveheart. And that's where the birth of Bravehearts Radio came from because a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others and so those are the stories that we're telling here and we're we're talking uh, we're talking with JD Gershbein today about uh, about stories and storytelling and uh, building equity into relationships through storytelling man that that is that is really what uh, what gets through that um, that plane is having a good story well, let me go back to that statement you made coming out of the break about the courage to tell stories. And, and I think that's where we have to focus a lot of our work. And by we, I mean those of us in the profession of encouraging others to find their authentic voice on these platforms. Because on the one hand, there are some great stories out there that are just simply not getting told. Uh, people are keeping them close to the vest. Again, this uh, the, the triune brain kicking in, the reptilian brain that protects us from anything that's uncomfortable or alien mm-hmm. to us. And the more people who can just incrementally start to put themselves out there and and give people a window into their world, again, you're going to see the true power of story. Collectively, a very few percentage of people are doing what we would call professional storytelling. It, it's becoming a cottage industry. It's really an offshoot of the, of the communications trade. Uh, if you're going to coach people to become better communicators, obviously there's a huge storytelling component associated with that. But Brian, I think that's really the next great piece. And as a social scientist and business psychologist, I'm directed toward helping people embolden themselves and and find that influence and just start talking about themselves with conviction. Not to sound arrogant, not Mm -hmm. to be pompous, but just to start talking about themselves and their value with conviction. To know who you are and to know... Without question. Yeah, to, to know uh, why, you know, for example, you know, what are you the best at and why are you the best? And, and when you know that, when you, when you go beyond belief to knowing, when you know that, that's, that, that's not, uh, I can't, I don't know who said it first, but them that can brag without lying, let them brag. You know, they're, uh, mm-hmm. if it's, uh, somebody said, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's the truth, it's not bragging, you know? So if you are the best, if you know that you're the best at something, you, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be the, the, the best at everything or the biggest thing, but having a niche, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's exactly what, uh, service is about is having a niche that serves even one person. 
man, that's a that's a uh, that's a, a a beautiful thing to have. Doesn't matter how big the audience is. Uh, an influencer need not have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. If if you're influencing anyone in a positive way, you can be considered an influencer. And uh, but it takes a lot to find that influence, and that requires a lot of deep introspection. Um, we hear terms like fake news. We hear terms like imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. We hear terms like uh, fake it till you make it. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, the one word that keeps coming back as, as a real asset to a, a personal brand these days is authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't see this word ever going into buzzword status because it's probably the reigning quality that will make storytellers great, leaders great, business developers great, uh, pioneers and trailblazers and founders great. It's their authenticity and their ability to to really stay within themselves and leverage their stories. There's a there one of the first uh, episodes of Bravehearts Radio. We talked about something I call the authentic voice, and my description of that is that that quiet inner voice that speaks not so much in words, but rather in understanding. Mm -hmm. And when you put the understanding into words, that's something you can, you can take to the bank, so to speak, because that, that your authentic voice is that that's exactly, that's the voice you ought to listen to. And I think we know when our authentic voice is speaking to us, and it's not something we not something we necessarily even go looking for and find. It's something that is revealed to us. We all have internal editing mechanisms that keep us from true authenticity and and unleashing an authentic voice isn't as easy as all that. If it were, no. then everybody would be doing it. But holding back. Uh, Uh, seemingly is a strategy for some people. They would rather watch from the sidelines. They would rather not take those first steps. And because you, you know, the the brave concept is so important to you, uh, the mission specialist. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are people who are trying to find their personal and professional mission. And we as uh, coaches, as consultants, as advisors, as professional developers, we're just trying to move people to a better place. It doesn't have to necessarily be in telling a story. It could be in acquiring a skill. It could be in just simply learning the ins and outs of a social media platform. Uh, It could be just staying ahead of the curve in technology and learning how to use all of the features of your iPhone, whatever the case may be. Yeah. People people getting better every day in every way uh, does take bravery. It it Mm -hmm. does take every step out of the comfort zone and expanding that that comfort zone is is, is really where uh, we serve our clients the best right now and i know that in my work i i've built a coaching component into what i've done for a long time i i bring the the viewpoint of a healer to my practice because i know my clients pain and i know what, mm. what makes them hurt and i and i know that there's so much of them that's just stuck and they can't communicate their value for the people who may write their checks. So uh, this becomes a huge piece of how we're going to move forward uh, in the next decade and the decade after and the decade after regarding the technology and the social platforms. 
and how our relationships will really be the key drivers of our stories. So you, you mentioned this, the uh, coaching component. Who's your favorite person to work with? I mean, not 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 you? not by name, but you know, but me. You. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and that that that, 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 um, that that's the answer, no matter what, right? <laughs> um, you know my. Uh, my coaching practice, again, is, uh, is only as good as the people who are receptive to the coaching. And it seems like anything nowadays is a coachable skill. So I, I really mm-hmm. don't uh, self-classify as a coach. Um, I, I'm really more of an advisor than a coach. But well, yeah. I, did, I have found through the years that my clients do want to remain plugged in with me, and they want to know that they're on the right track. And I, I, I love to work with people who embrace positive psychology because ever since I started, really in my professional career, I've, I've never let negative thoughts enter my head. And uh, self-defeating negative, meta-talk, call it what you will. Mm-hmm. These are destructive forces for people in business today. And if, if, if you can positively reinforce people, give them an optimistic outlook, let them know they're doing fine, and let them know that there's no mistake they're going to make that's going to be irreversible, then they're going to operate better, and they're going to operate from a more virtuous position. They're going to just feel like they're their self-worth is, is increasing. They'll tell their story better and, and make strides. And that's all that coaching is, is we want to help our clients make strides, correct? And, yeah, and, and then people and are really like looking for on that the top empowerment. Of their game. Yeah, people are really looking for that empowerment. And, uh, you know, the, the, coaching that, the coaching that I've experienced in, uh, in, in my professional career has been so much of it has been just asking me questions that require me to go back and find, listen to that authentic voice and say, yeah, that's in there. And, and per, that personal credibility that comes with listening to your authentic voice is something that's just irreplaceable. I think that's one of the most, uh, the, one of the great joys in life is hearing that. Agreed. And, and I think we also place a little too much emphasis on trying to find the aha moment. And this is kind of a, a huge piece. This is a huge piece of coaching uh, marketing right now or consulting marketing. This is not everybody's going to have a breakthrough and that's okay. But people who start to integrate this in their lives and don't pressurize themselves to achieve are the ones who are going to stumble into those breakthroughs. When, when you look for it, it ain't there. But when it kind of comes to you after putting in the effort and Seeing what your your efforts are tied to, then suddenly your clients are able to make the connection, and you're not in front of them when they realize it, and that's okay. That's I would rather have my clients email me, or I'll get a phone call, and and they'll say, JD, you were right. You know, I did what you said, and and things worked out. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, and I think that as as uh, service providers and as leaders. That's all we hope to hear. We we want to know that the people we're leading are making things happen because it's when they make things happen, not when we make things happen for them, that we'll lead them lead them to the breakthroughs. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, every time we get together and and talk, it's it's a tremendous experience for me. I I really appreciate 
the insights that you bring, JD. And I, I think what you know that we're not done with this conversation by any means. Even even though we are winding down on our time today already, can you believe it? Uh, the, the time sure flies when you're having fun. Uh, I'm sensing a part three. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I think I did mention think, that. Listeners, uh, listeners the part three. Yeah, we, we, you know, we could we could spin off a show here, you know, JD's show. Uh, we've we've got some things going like that. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be the happy days of radio here, but <laughs> uh, we'll. Um, yeah, I think I think a part three is uh, is definitely in the works. Um, <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, write, write to me at uh, uh, mission specialist at braveheartsradio.com, uh, or excuse me, .org. And then, uh, J.D., do you want to give a, a how, to, how to reach you uh, to, uh, to the audience, too? They should know how to reach me. I'm just they out should. here waiting for yeah. them. That's right. All right. <laughs> well, it should come as no surprise that they can always find me on LinkedIn. And I'm sure you'll spell my name correctly on your show notes. That's so I would right. always sure. encourage a connection on LinkedIn. Uh, they can visit my website at jdgershbein.com. That's J-D-G-E-R-S-H-B-E-I-N.com. Oh, there's a boatload of information there. And if they have trouble sleeping, Brian, that's the place to go because it's a natural <laughs> online sedative. Just start reading. I've I've been there and it's a, and it's a good website and we'll talk about that again. Say I want to say thanks to the audience for joining us again this week. We've been talking about mobilizing social media for the greater good with JD Gershbein on Bravehearts Radio on the flagship Variety Channel here on VoiceAmerica.com, where we are the leader in live internet talk radio. Remember to check out our BraveheartsForKids.org and the donate now button and follow and like us on Facebook and you can also email me at Mission Special at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Please plan to join us every Monday at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, uh, 3 Central. Next week, we'll be talking about National Bravehearts Day. We alluded to that a little bit with uh, our special guest, Sherry Sarver-Johnson, the mad scientist, and mad is, in her case, for make a difference. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Until next week, be well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.